From the Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 Studios in Los Angeles, it's time to go back to the films. Now here's your host, Tommy T. Hello ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining me for the second installment of Back to the Films, a podcast dedicated to the reminiscence and appreciation of films of old. I'm your host, Tommy T. Today we will be discussing the comedy that reminds us all the importance of friends and inspires us all to chase our dreams, no matter how improbable they might seem. Super bad. Starring Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, Christopher Mintz-Plasse, Bill Hader, and Seth Rogen. Now before we begin, let's kick back, relax, draw some pictures of dicks, and take a trip down memory lane. Wow. Opening with a retro Columbian Pictures logo and music that could be best described as funky. Superbad establishes to its audience right off the bat that they are in for something special. We are introduced to Seth and Evan, two high school seniors, as they discuss porn over flip phones. Seth is interested in purchasing a subscription of Badgetastic Voyage, as it features a wide variety of porn, including... Like one's Latina, one's Asian, um, you know, there's one for fetishes, like feet and pee-pee and shit and stuff like that. However, Evan is not convinced because if he's paying for porn, he expects... A little production value, you know, like some editing, transition, something, some music. After admiring the large set of breasts God granted Evan's mom, Seth drives Evan to school. Before beginning their long day of servitude, the duo stop by the nearby gas station. You know, the gas station conveniently located right next to the high school, but not before Seth illustrates an extreme case of senior privilege. Fuck it, I'm about to graduate. You should be sucking on my ball sack. While buying slushies and Red Bulls, Seth and Evan recall their track records of sexual relationships, with the duo currently having their eyes peeled on two girls, Jules and Becca. Seth is interested in Jules, but suggests that he's only looking for a casual sexual relationship with her during summer break, where he can sharpen his sex skills before heading off to college. Evan, on the other hand, has genuine feelings for Becca, and wants her to be his longtime girlfriend. After leaving the gas station, it established that Seth and Evan are in fact losers when a bully spits on Seth and tells him that they are not invited to his graduation party. While learning about some bullshit in math class, Becca catches Evan staring at her boobs in the most realistic depiction of caught staring at boobs ever. Becca and Evan chat after class, but Evan fails to spot Becca's hints that she likes him, mainly because he is such a nice guy. In home ec, Seth and Jules bond while making tiramisu. Afterwards, Jules informs Seth that not only is she hosting a party later that night, but that he is invited. Oh yeah, it's all coming together. Seth informs Evan of the good news, but discourages him from telling their mutual friend Fogel about the party. Cue in Fogel as he tells Seth and Evan his plan of obtaining a fake ID. It does not take long for Seth to nonchalantly mention said fake ID to Jules. While eating lunch, Seth expresses disdain towards Becca, much to the confusion of Evan. Accusing him of the matter, Seth reveals to Evan that when he was younger, he would just kinda sit around all day draw pictures of dicks. Uncertain of what any of this has to do with Becca, Seth tells Evan that... So one day, finishing up this real big veiny triumphant bastard, all of a sudden... You hit Becca's foot with your dick? Yeah. I know. Scarred by what she saw, Becca ratted on Seth to the principal, forcing him to go to counseling and preventing him from eating dick-shaped foods ever again. You know how many foods are shaped like dicks? The best kinds. Yeah. Later that day, 
Seth crosses paths with Jules, where she asks him if he's really getting a fake ID. Seth reassures her that. Yeah, I'm gonna get one, for show, for show. I'm getting that for show. Resulting in Jules giving Seth both the money and responsibility by an alcohol for her party. During a heated game of PE soccer, featuring a cameo by James Franco's douchey younger brother, Dave Franco. We'll talk what about the fuck, Evan? We're down two points. Fucking calm down, Greg. It's soccer. It's soccer. Fuck you, man. Hey, Greg, why don't you go piss your pants again? That was like eight years ago, asshole. People don't forget. Seth exclaims to Evan that tonight can be their night. You know when you hear a girl saying like, oh, I was so shit-faced last night. I shouldn't have fucked that guy. We could be that mistake. Worried that he flaked out of his end of the bargain, Vogel finally returns with a new fake ID in hand. However, Seth and Evan are disgruntled to find that not only did Fogel choose an unnecessarily old age of 25, but that he also changed his name to... McLovin? McLovin. McLovin. McLovin? To McLovin? McLovin! Nice! After the school day has ended, Seth and Evan head to a nearby department store to rendezvous with McLovin after work. Wait, I thought his name was Fogel. Ah, fuck that, we're calling you McLovin! McLovin! Seth volunteers to buy alcohol from the department store to save time, but chickens out after imagining a very angry Paul Blart slitting his throat. No! The trio takes the bus to a nearby liquor store, where after some words of encouragement, McLovin musters the courage to buy alcohol. While arguing over the necessity of spermicidal lube and catching a glimpse of some surgically reshapen warlocks, somehow, someway, McLovin's fake ID is approved. All seems well, until McLovin receives a punch to the face out of nowhere. Like an arcade-o or an ar-play-doh, however you pronounce it. 38 minutes in, and we are introduced to perhaps the best characters in Superbad, Officers Slater and Michaels, as they interrogate McLovin on what happened to his face. Yet again, McLovin's fake ID is shockingly approved, as the cops offer McLovin a lift to the party. Returning from their escapade, Seth and Evan spot the officers black and white outside the liquor store. Convinced that McLovin was busted, Seth falls into a fit of hormonal-fueled rage, only to get hit by a car a few seconds later. Fuck, Sinky, we need to act! <laughs> Seth threatens to sue the guy that hit him with his car, but with only $7 in his wallet and a warrant out for his arrest, the guy offers to take Seth and Evan to a party after overhearing the duo's desire for alcohol. Convinced that McLovin is toast and with no other way of obtaining alcohol in time for Jules' party, Seth and Evan accept the guy's offer. Unfortunately, the guy is a total weirdo. You guys on MySpace or...? Shenanigans ensue as Seth and Evan arrive at the adult party, and Officer Slater and Michaels make a detour to a bar, with McLovin forced to tag along. Shit hits the fan at the adult party, as it turns out that the guy that hit Seth with his car was not invited, Seth has a girl menstruate on his leg, and Seth is mistaken as some guy's brother who has the voice of an angel. These eyes! Are crying. These eyes have seen a lot of love, but they're never gonna see another one like I have with you. Back at the bar, McLovin aids Officer Slater and Michaels in stopping a bomb resisting arrest, much to their approval. Afterwards, the trio bond over beers, with Slater urging McLovin to never meet a woman at a bar, as that was where he met his literal whore of an ex-wife. Escaping the chaos-induced adult party with nothing more than detergent beer to show for their efforts, Seth and Evan get into an argument about college. You see, kids? Evan was accepted into Dartmouth because he is smart, whereas Seth was not accepted into Dartmouth because he's a bit of an idiot. Despite their long-term agreement of going to college together, Evan insists on attending Dartmouth, much to the dismay of Seth. And worst of all, Evan is rooming with McLovin, fucking McLovin of all people. With a little bit of pushing and shoving and a lot of coincidence, Seth is hit by a car yet again. Fuck you, Evan. This time by Officer Slater and Michaels. 
Discovering that McLovin is tagging along with the officers and not in police custody, the high school kids make a run for it and are successful in escaping the out of shape and dim-witted cops. He's the fastest kid alive. Fastest kid alive, my ass. Come on, what, what are we gonna do? I feel like I'm in the Give me a fucking warning before you do it. After what seemed to be a Harold and Kumar go to White Castle's night full of debauchery, the trio finally arrive at Jules' party, making it known that they were the ones to deliver that sweet, sweet ethanol. Evan finds Becca at the party, but discovers that she's already wasted. Thanks to her intoxicated state, Becca makes it very clear to Evan that she wants to have sex with him. Uncertain of the morality of sleeping with Becca in her current state, Evan is reassured that as long as he's drunk as well, sleeping with Becca is fair game. After grabbing a couple alcohol beverages and giving himself a pep talk in the mirror, She likes you. She wants to suck on your penis. It's a good thing. Evan begins chugging away. Having gone proportionally wasted, Evan reunites with Becca, and together they go upstairs. Sharing one of the most painfully accurate depictions of drunk sex in cinematic history, the couple's unable to have sex before Becca totally kills the mood with their puking. Like, I think we're not thinking clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Having acquired confidence from his newfound alter ego, McLovin dances with Nicola, a girl from school that he was checking out earlier that day, and convinces her to go upstairs with him as well. Having gotten drunk himself, Seth confesses his feelings for Jules and expresses his desire to have sex with her. However, Jules playfully declines Seth's advances, as she herself is not drunk, much to Seth's bewilderment. Despite taking the rejection rather okay at first, Seth manages to pass out and headbutt Jules right in the eyeball. I think maybe... What the fuck?! Help me. With Evan blacked out drunk, Seth barely conscious, and McLovin getting on upstairs. Officer Slater and Michaels crash Jules' party. Oh no, it's the cops! Spotting the officers, Seth picks up Evan and carries him out of the backyard to safety. Clearing the premise of underage scum, Officer Slater barges into the room where McLovin and Nicola are having sex, unintentionally cock-blocking their new friend and feeling really bad about it. Officers Slater and Michaels make it up to McLovin by causing a big scene that is guaranteed to get him so much ass. In an effort to dispose all evidence of them being incompetent, Officers Slater and Michaels destroy their vehicle, allowing McLovin to bust some caps in it while it burns. Break yourself, fool! Tight. After some time has passed, Evan regains consciousness, but not without realizing that Seth saved him. Can't believe you saved me. You saved me. The duo agrees to sleep over at Evan's house, along with eating lots of pizza bagels to overcome the drunken stupors. Laying side by side in sleeping bags on the floor, Seth admits that he knew Evan was rooming a fogel all along, and apologizes for being an insensitive asshole about it. Evan returns the apology with one of his own, apologizing to Seth for keeping the whole ordeal a secret from him. The scene ends with the pair stating their love for each other, and Seth playfully tapping Evan on the nose like, boop, boop, boop. Waking up with no recollection of what the fuck happened the night prior, Seth and Evan both need to go to the mall and decide to make a day out of it. After Seth tries on some pants that are way too tight, they cross paths with, you guessed it, Burn Ernie? No, Jules and Becca, you mourn. Anyway, after some awkward exchanges and long overdue apologies, Evan and Becca go their separate ways to buy Jules replacement sheets for the ones that Becca, you know, puked on, and Seth and Jules go purchase cover-up for the nasty shiner given by Seth's forehead. Before doing so, however, Seth and Evan take one last look back at each other, and as the distance between them increases, so too does the proposition that one living life without the other contently increase in its likelihood. Yes, I'll always feel the same. Love is strange. Oh, P.S. I love it. Thank you for listening to Back to the Films. 
Join me next time where I'll be discussing one of the greatest movies ever made, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2.